listen to him, listen to this paragraph, because this is pretty much why he's describing it this way. Stand-up is the art of using what you believe to interrogate what you experience <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> oh, what? my God. In the pursuit of original insight. That's what stand-up is? No, no, no. Stand-up is me talking about things I've put in my pussy. Hey friends. Hey. Hi. The comedy episode. People have been actually asking me about why we haven't talked about Shane Gillis yet. Well, well because you needed an expert. Here's the other reason on. is because <laughs> doing podcasts about stand up is my least interesting in the world to me. I agree. And this shit has been covered extensively. But I guess people want to hear opinions and Isaac and I got into a big Twitter battle repeatedly about these things. Um by the way, follow us on Twitter for the show outside of the show where Isaac and I get annoyed at something the other has posted and just tweeted each other <laughs> because we're both bored at yes, whatever we are true. doing in the moment. At Funzeroni and at Simpsonian. S-I-M-P-S-O-N-I-O-N. And also, we have a special guest. Joining us today, stand-up comedy expert. That's right. Well-respected in L.A. comedy. That's right. I, bu- I stay booked. I do shows. Yeah. People love me. I'm loved. Heather Marulli's here. I'm here. So let's get started. <laughs> there has been, again, I just want to register my annoyance with talking about this because uh, comedy, one of the problems with comedy in the past few years is it's become way too overexposed in terms of process and how, I don't know, I, I find the entire idea of comedians talking about how they develop the, their stand-up and all that stuff to be very tedious. This is not like behind-the-scenes stuff I'm ever interested in. So there has been a lot of drama, and I guess Isaac has indicated that the Greek choir, the Greek chorus has asked for us to comment on these things, but for our listeners who don't give a fuck about dumb shit, uh, SNL a few weeks ago, by the time that this goes up, had hired a stand-up comedian named Shane Gillis. And uh, over the course of a weekend, a bunch of clips of Shane appearing on his own podcast, I think primarily was the source, were posted by this guy named Seth Simons, who fashions himself a stand-up comedy writer and expert. And we can... So he has no background... He's not a performer. He's just a... I think he's a journalist. Let's see. Okay. You don't get to freelance newsletter-based comedy labor journalist without making a few enemies. So he's basically like a guy who's beat... He's is, a comedy critic. Yeah, comedy critic. Um, and I hate that. He, he was the one that kind of broke this story initially, but he posted clips of Shane... Awful, awful human. Seth Simons, just the absolute worst. Hold yeah, on a second person. here. Let's hold on one second. There's there's multiple bad people in the story. Yeah, there's a lot of. Is Shane Gillis a bad person? Let's. I I don't think he's a bad person. I think that this video. Oh my god. Let's play the video so people can. It's not good. I've actually not even seen it. Let's not. Let's not. Oh, you haven't seen it. it. Let's front load it. This is Shane on his own podcast. Again, I'm only saying Shane not because I know the guy, just because I don't want to keep saying Shane Gillis. Uh, on his own podcast, 
talking about something. So damn, Chinatown's fucking nuts. It's crazy, dude. That's Shane talking. Full fucking China, dude. It's yeah, Chinese down there. I wonder how that started. They just built one fucked up looking building, and people were like. All right, no one said anything. Let the fucking chinks live there, huh? <laughs> well, they built these fucking like huge Shanghai house. The first one must yeah. have infuriated everyone. They were like, I'm pissed what now. The I go fuck? down there. I'm like, what are you guys doing here? Get these ducks out of that window. I, you know what? Yeah, true. Also, I'm always like, how can there be so many fucking restaurants down here? All restaurants. Well, because you go in, there's like one person eating ever. Fat white idiots like me are down there, true, sucking down neuters. I hate China. I hate the food at Chinatown. It sucks. I like Chinese food's a very dishonest cuisine. I don't even want to think about it. They invented a fucking chemical to put in their food to make it delicious, dude. It, well, it is. They made as MSG. Good for them. It's a dishonest food, dude. There's it's nothing. There's nothing to it. It's, it's shitty meat. Honorable. Shitty meat. A chemical they made up to fuck your body up. And <laughs> cheapest right. thing in the world. We got chemical. <laughs> Sick. Worst meat you can find. We got in there and we sat down and. Baby girl was like, I'm so excited for neuters. And I was like, yo, chill, chill, chill. She was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. She said neuters? Yeah. And there's a fucking, yeah. And it's, it's full fucking Chinese in there. It's like, and it's such Wasn't- a- Sorry, buffering, of course. Mm. Isn't that kind of like nice though? Isn't that being, like, when people go into like a Mexican restaurant, like I'll have two tacos. Like, uh, I'll have a bowl of spicy neuters. <laughs> <laughs> but we had, and the translation between you and the waiter. Yeah. It's just such a fucking hassle. It's like, can you, I'm pointing at it. <laughs> like, this is the fucking yeah. neuter. Well, that's why I put number for like 57. Yeah, this one, even with the fucking shit. I was yeah. pointing, I was like, that sauce. <laughs> that. Like, yeah. She's like, yeah, that one. She's like, yeah. She's like, a mi- medium or a spicy? Yeah. She's like, uh, medium. She's like, spicy. <laughs> like, no, medium. No, medium. Spicy. <laughs> yeah. That's it. So this has been obviously Jesus. clipped. There's also stuff where um, he referred to Andrew Yang as a Jew chink, I think is the... Uh, is Andrew Yang Jewish? No. I, it's about the related to UBI and, oh, I and stuff, I believe, and because he's a Silicon Valley type. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the thing that I want to say to be fair is that, especially because we are people on a podcast... There is a context to all podcast conversations that this is so funny because a few episodes ago, I was like, you can never get in trouble for something you say on a podcast because it's too difficult to find anything. Literally before I, after I said it, but before I posted it, this happened. So I don't listen to my opinion about anything because I'm (laughs) clearly not very educated about stuff. So this guy got in huge trouble. In the, in that he was fired from SNL and there was a bunch of people demanding apologies and so forth. So, but he uh, got this is classic cancel culture. He is some he had this job at SNL and then somebody yeah. dug up the one thing he's not allowed to say and they got him canceled. And I want to say like again, I don't I want to I don't want to get into the business of like taking a clip out of context. I mean that's a pretty thorough clip, but again, the way that people talk in the, a podcast is very specific. So there is a vibe to how. Communicate. Uh, if anyone wanted to take clips from this show and do something bad with oh, it, yeah. they very easily could. I mean, yeah. well, there's all kinds of moments that are problematic. So I will never be on SNL, and Isaac certainly won't. Be. <laughs> I honestly potentially could. Heather work might on be. It. Heather could be could. on SNL. Yeah, but 
that's the thing I want to start from is that I understand. Well, straight men, white men have a totally different standard. As a woman, you're going to get way more of a break on things like this. I don't want to get into the business of saying, of talking about this without acknowledging that it is a piece of a larger puzzle. And I don't know Shane Gillis. I don't know his stand-up at all. He's apparently respected as a stand-up. People have positive things to say about him that do stand-up. This isn't really about any of his material as a stand-up comedian. Do you remember Miss Swan? Who? Miss Swan, the the Asian character, character on Mad, Mad TV? TV. Oh no, I never watched. Oh, Mad you TV. can't do that. I mean, now. it's like completely a white woman just yeah. being a, do you know racist, who, um, a racist terrorist. You don't even have to look to Mad TV. You can just look at SNL. Yeah, right. And it's like, so, okay, yeah. so you're going to cancel this guy, but why don't you cancel SNL? I mean, SNL was making second, fun but of that was a that was a different era. Right. You can't have Miss Swan right. now, right? Well, you should you be able think? to. You definitely should be able to. I mean, this is so non-offensive to me. I mean, it's like, I, I'm not uh, Asian. It's so. not good, though, because he's not really talking in any sort of like uh with any like comedic yeah, but it's a fucking podcast it's not a joke that he's written he's just no that's what, but that's what i'm yeah he's just talking exactly it's not like people are trying to say that um that this is like in his act and it's not and, and see that's the thing is like he's just like casually throwing out Chink. Well, let's like put, I mean, let's, you know, this is a point that I want to address because I don't actually agree that he's throwing out chink casually. He's to to from my ear what he's doing. I don't want to get into super analysis of this, but there is a lot of dishonesty about what he's said, and to me it sounds like he's repeat he's talking in the voice of what someone that's what it sounds like. He's he's using racist guy voice. Damn, Chinatown's fucking nuts. It's crazy. It is full fucking China. Dude, yeah, Chinese down there. I wonder how that started. They just built one fucked up looking building, and people were like, "All right, no one said anything." Let the fucking what chicks you... live there, huh? So, <laughs> so the guy, the other guy, says they just built one fuck, oh, yeah, fucked, oh yeah, fucked up building. Yeah, yeah. And then Shane says, let the fucking chinks live down there, which to me sounds like yeah, he's, he's being not, the racist. He's guy. being, yeah, yeah, yeah. being the, ra- I'm trying to, I'm not saying that's, no, that's like, totally uh, what's happening. That's hilarious, exactly what he's doing. But there's a lot of, it's not funny. Well, I'm not saying it's, it's great. Hacky. Listen, let me, it's let, not okay. Hacky. Yes, it is. Isaac. Yeah, hacky. He's let, not the even doing anything. Thing. He's just, he's having like a conversation and let me, he's embodying the racist. Let me, se- yeah, that's clearly what's happening. let me separate the two things. Like we can have a discussion about the hacky nature of it, but. There's a lot of misinformation that he's just throwing chink out there in a directly derogatory oh, yeah, way. Right. And that's a misunderstanding. And that's not true. Yeah, yeah. And that when people cite that as a fact, that's wrong for people to say that he's not talking in the voice of somebody. Because God knows you and I have done that. Oh my and God. we've talked a about in times. Yeah. Using yeah. the voice of somebody to say something shitty. So I I, I don't want to I don't want to combine whether or not that's hacky with whether or not he he was using chink derogatory. It's clear to me he's talking about someone else. Now he's saying other weird stuff like it's very fucking Chinese down there. Like that, some of that is odd. Uh, I don't know why you say Chinese unless you're you're doing a thing. I but, mean, it's not funny, but I, it doesn't make me laugh. But again, this is one clip of a guy's podcast of hours and hours, days, days, days of this guy sure. trying to be a professional comedian. And it's like, yeah, you know, you play with the edge. That's what you do. And for this fucking person, Seth Simons, to go dig this up is pure evil. It is pure McCarthyistic fucking evil. It's like Seth... This is what it takes. 
You know, you're you're a com- comedian. You do. You know, think of how. Think about if you and I were trying to make our entire living on what we do here. We would be doing 10 times more of this talking that we're doing. And yeah, we would slip up, say something offensive sometime. Of course we would. We already have. We already have. It's not a matter of And for some fucking phony-ass, bitch-ass journalist to come and fucking dig up the one clip... I mean, come on. That's that is McCarthyistic evil. So Heather, what's your what's your take? Oh, you're eating. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're eating. I'm so hungry. <laughs> I mean, it's not like we did this at like seven at night. I know? mean, I have layers of takes. I okay. think I think first them, of all, yeah, what, what he's doing on this podcast let me, is let so me say hacky. This, let me say this too. Heather is somebody who is very edgy as a comedian. Like <laughs> she is. You think so? Yeah, Heather's extremely edgy. Like okay. she'll go on stage and say crazy shit, and mm. she doesn't have any compunction about doing so. So I no, th- I don't. And I honestly think that, for me personally, I feel that I don't get a lot of pushback, and I'm not quite sure why that is. I guess because I'm not because you're a woman. Could be. Yeah, you get judged by a totally different standard. Could be, but I'm I'm barely better than. A straight white male, because I am a straight white passing woman. Well, I'm sure right? that if you talked more shit about, well, because you're half Hispanic, I am. Yeah, yeah. so you get another. That's even I'm half more, Latina, but people can, don't yeah. even like. I, you know, it's hard for people to acknowledge that. Um, but and I don't go on stage being well, like, so there's very I'm few... half Latina. <laughs> like I don't start. Yeah, out Heather doesn't that. get. Heather doesn't get. Th- there's a lot. Oh, I'm gonna get in trouble. There's a lot of like, quote unquote, ethnic stand-up comedians mm. who get they get on shows where it's sure. like the the brown girl show yeah, yeah. Right, right. well see that's the thing they ain't getting on those shows yeah. well yeah because people like don't believe me you know because my dad was the white one so i have his last name maruli which is italian and you know a hundred years ago italians were considered you know trash garbage right, in this right. country but hundred years ago now <laughs> <laughs> fucking Italians. <laughs> fucking no, but you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, you're canceled. Cut that. Cut that. No, no, no. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean. Like now, Italians are considered they're lumped in with white people. Sure. You know, and I'm Sicilian, which is like known to be mixed with you know African, yeah. uh, Northern African people. Sure. So amazing scene and. Um, it's hard for me to get people to American acknowledge my ethnicity. So you know, it's like I'm not latina enough for people who are latin and i'm not white enough for people who are white i mean people just assume i'm a white woman and that's fine you know they can assume that i'm sure if you were talking shit about black people with with that <laughs> assumption <laughs> right you, but you would see, be i don't do held out to dry in my in my comedy there's no victims other than myself and my family i would say and the guys i'm dating yes. like so i don't really do like um I'm I'm pretty self-deprecating though cuz yeah. I'm talking about all these like bad things that happened to me and my dating life and all that shit but I am like kind of edgy about it I think you know I say things that people aren't really trying to say on stage or right yeah so well, stuff that makes people uncomfortable like you're very for a I, I, I think some women comedians go on stage and do mm-hmm. things that they think men will kind of like and I interesting. I th- I think the way that you talk is not things that men will like. <laughs> oh yeah, 
no i no i don't care what anyone thinks honestly i don't so in terms of let's ask this do you think what he was saying here on this podcast is a problem do you think a he was being racist is it your take that he was being racist? Uh, I mean, a- listen, he, it's not, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I mean, cause to me, like, you know, this podcast is kind of like, like a casual conversation. Well, what podcast right? is this, by the way? Shane oh. and uh, something secret podcast. Yeah. Shane and. So there's I a whole network the of these kind of edgier guys that we'll talk about in a second. He's not, they're not. Yeah. Hold on a second. But I listen to a lot of those podcasts. Do you, do you know what well, Come Town is? Yes. I love that podcast. So what is That's Come one of my favorite. So Come Town is a podcast of three comics. Um, it's uh, Nick Mullen, Stavro Halkias, and uh, Adam. Uh, I forget his last name. Sorry, Adam. But. Uh, come town is a is like just a comedy podcast where they're like basically just like doing voices and characters and shooting the shit and you know stuff like that but you they're doing it under the guise of like actual comedy so like when you're doing like a character like they'll like like nick will be like oh this is uh like what about guy who i don't know like i don't know what do you listen to come town no Fuck, I can't even explain. You have to listen to Come Town to get it. Dude. But it's very popular. And I think it's hilarious. I listen to it all the time. But that's a podcast where they're definitely like aiming for a comedic tone, right? On this podcast, I feel like there's just nothing. Their their tone is like they're just talking. Like it's just like a talking, like a hang podcast. But the way he's talking to me isn't really in the guise of a character or anything. He is kind of just like throwing out like things that are a little, that are racist straight up. I, and I don't think it looks good. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely being racist, but I think he's trying to find, you know, this is clearly like the primordial ooze of comedy. Like he's trying to find a joke in there and he's trying to be edgy and like it or not being racist is edgy so he's like i think i don't think being racist is edgy being racist is definitely edgy no no it's not it's just being racist i think it's so fucking hacky right right. when guys go on stage and say things that they think are edgy but they're really just racist fine that's that's these edgelords that's totally fair but they're trying to play with going there and they're the the reason they're playing with going there is because that is what is edgy now because that's the big thing you can't say so he's trying to like find something there i don't i don't think this is funny i don't think it's been appropriate to say chink for quite some time i think it's been inappropriate for a long time doing it as charles is saying he's not just sitting there being like the fucking chink well there's he's doing it because he's trying to put himself in racist voice and say that well he's he's not very good at it maybe (laughs) not but he shouldn't be canceled he's not nick uh a a few different a few different things happened um so he got fired from snl they said no dice he had put out an apology, which was basically the well, it standard. Wasn't really, an apology. It was like, yeah. "I'm sorry that you were offended." It was one of those. Yeah. And then after the he apology was, was bad, you yeah. have to admit it was bad. He was, it was worded poorly. Yeah. Like he, no publicist looked at it. You no. know? But but, well, I but that was refreshingly like that. You know. Yeah. I mean, so he was uh, that happened, and then he was fired from SNL, and then there was like a huge back and forth, and that led to a few articles that were published. That we're going that we're also talking about. One was in 
the, the Hollywood Reporter, and it's Comedy Civil War, which many comedians have already made fun of. How an SNL firing exposed a growing rift in stand-up, which I think the Comedy Civil War part is dumb, but it does to some extent kind of reflect a sort of accurate description of some things that are happening in stand-up okay. in terms of uh, the way that people are approaching it. And then there's this Slate article written also by Seth Simons, who seems like a wonderful guy. And this article is called The Seething Stand-Up Underground That Gave Rise to Shane Gillis. The world of conservative comedy is bigger than you might think. And then my favorite take was Nick Mullins. Comedy. My favorite take was Nick Mullins, who tweeted this and said, you're talking about conservative comedy, yet in the first paragraph, you're talking about how all these guys are crass and like showing their dick on stage. Well, it's yeah. Not, so it, he doesn't mean doesn't conservative. Well, he doesn't have any fucking conception of what he's talking he's applying, about. He's applying the incorrect language to the discussion yeah. that's taking place because it's not conservative versus liberal at all. It's more Not of it's more of this thing of anything goes versus there have to be limits in stand up. Right. What he means by conservative is liberal. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> you know, he means people who are not woke thought police and want to say shit that you're not allowed to say. He's actually means the word liberal and he is actually a conservative. The um uh so the points that were raised in here are kind of interesting and then it's part of this weird Well, they bring yeah, up, let me read you, Hold let on me a second. Hold on a second cuz they're they're kind of talking about um the New York scene that is comprised of guys like who are associated with Legion of Skanks. Legion of Skanks is a uh, Louis J. Gomez, uh, Big J. Okerson, and Dave Smith. And they're like stalwarts of the New York City scene. And, and are they super inappropriate too? Like, are they? I don't think they're inappropriate. They like they're comics. Yeah, well, I mean, exactly, but. Well, sort of, and I'm guilt. friendly with them. So you know, and these guys—they're actually not bad people. Like, I don't know what they're trying to do here, trying to say they're like bad people. Yeah, so here, so they here. like so say listen. shit on stage. So this is what fucking this takedown piece by Simons is saying, which is Seth, please listen to our podcast and uh, cancel us. Yeah, <laughs> for God's sake, yeah. I need the, the publicity. Yeah. I saying, need it. The, saying, the Dutch us. praising us doesn't work yeah. so we have to but do gillis stuff. isn't the mass market family friendly conservatism of jeff foxworthy or sebastian maniscalco or dozens of inoffensive network sitcoms it's rooted in the scene he belongs to a community bound less by love of small government or christian values or the nuclear family than by cruelty and misogyny and grievance it's a world in which rape jokes are common currency, where slurs oh just a normal part of the lexicon. First of all, you can it, do a rape joke if members, the rape joke is done it, well. Its members don't have the critical acclaim or high profiles their work might have earned 20 years ago. They're not starring in TV or movies. They're not headlining Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. What they do have are their own platforms, their own fans and subscribers, right. and a hearty contempt for the industry that's passed them by, even as that is they form oh the back of this oldest institution, the comedy club. So this guy is so confused. It's like he's trying to draw an analog. He has no idea what he's talking he, he's about. He's trying to draw an analog between conservative comics of the past and this group of people right. that are don't resemble conservative it's completely, comics it's, at all. It's complete nonsense. I've, it's like bumble-headed I've, newspeak. I've mentioned this a few times, but cultural critics at their core... They wanted to be artists. They want right. Yeah. Well, not that. It's not even that. I'm oh. not doing psychological analysis. Okay. They hate stand up because they do not agree with what it is supposed to do. And they treat stand up like it's philosophy and they treat it like it's a TED talk. Right. But it is inherently not because stand up is 
making people laugh yes. at its core. 100%. Yes. And that is the purpose. Yes. There is nothing else. There's only making people laugh. That's the only purpose of stand-up. And but in- then there are also comedians who treat it like a fucking platform well, where they go up there and they they want clapter and they're like just saying things yeah. for just but to say just things. Listen to him. Listen to this paragraph because this is pretty much why he's describing it this way stand-up is the art of using what you believe to interrogate what you experience and vice versa <laughs> oh what? my god in the pursuit of original insight that's what stand-up is no 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 stand-up is me talking about things i've put in my pussy okay like i mean come on it doesn't like, this but is this so is, stupid this is part of what you and i were talking about isaac because stand-up is at the most basic level you go in front of a group of right. people and yeah. you make them laugh. Now, sure. whatever method you use to make them laugh can vary. You can do political comedy. You can do one-liners. Sure. You can do personal comedy. Whatever that is, is always going to be in the service of making people laugh. And if Can we read the rest of this? Yes, please. please. Yeah. Uh, the catch Hilarious. is... This is continuing on. The catch is it's self-taught. You have to bring beliefs to the table and you have to be willing to part with them. There are plenty of role models, but no one can teach you how to mediate between your competing selves. What they can show you is how to plug your observations into familiar structures that reliably make people laugh. Anyone who puts the work can master this, the art of telling jokes, without ever thinking new thoughts. And that's as it should be. Comedy does not have to be novel to be funny or worthwhile. What the, what the fuck, fuck is he is saying? He, what is this? He's talking. Oh, what nonsense. I translated that as is he feels that um, you can be taught to write a joke, which is true. There is math basically to writing a joke, sure. you know. But I, he has a very gross misunderstanding of what well, stand up so is. He, so he's he, and who he it's talks, for. He he has an argument against you guys though, and he yeah. says criticize them <laughs> and they'll throw up the golden rule. Funny is funny. If people laugh at a joke, the joke was worth. Telling Gomez recently suggested he have no qualms booking Nazis on a podcast for the sake of comedy. If it was genuinely fucking Hitler, it would be interesting as fuck if we could make it funny. Treating funny as an unqualified good, no matter what is the butt of the joke, explains just about everything. Everything. The overlap between club comedy and reactionary podcasts, the coziness within the alt right, yada 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 yada. So how does he argue against this? Well, he doesn't really because he just says. Uh, these guys say mean things. Oh, yeah. Never mind that the product pollutes. Never mind that the joke is cruel. If you don't like it, don't watch it. If you don't watch it, it can't hurt you. What this swelling means to people who hate you, don't mind them. They're with us. We're in the business of giving people what they want and business is booming. So he's trying to sort well, of obliquely say that this shit's bad. He's also, confl- he's also doing a bunch of dumb shit. He's conflating podcasting with stand-up. And they're inherently different mediums because in stand-up comedy, you still have to go into a room and make the people in that room laugh. Yeah. So if you're not doing that... Uh, but hold on another second here. Yes. Hold on another second. You're not going to be able to make every single person in that room laugh. Of course. You're not going to be for everyone no matter what type of comedian Absolutely. you are. But it, in terms... You're, I'm not for everyone. Sure. That's that's fine, but it's also the case that if you are good at stand-up, if you can pretty much go into any room and at least get yes. a solid majority of the audience to laugh. Yes, at you. absolutely, one hundred. And that's the thing that's being ignored is like he's treating podcasts which have a more specified audience. Like people generally yes. don't listen to people they're not interested in hearing from in podcasts. Right. 
as though that's commingling with stand-up. But stand-up still has the very basic function of making an audience laugh. And that's all that it is. And anyone that tries to force it into these other things is just battling against the art form. Like, it's not possible to talk about stand-up without acknowledging that its entire purpose, which is different than movies and TV shows and writing and everything, every other comedic form, the main purpose of stand-up is a performance that makes people laugh. That's the expectation that the audience has Within 30 seconds of you getting on stage and grabbing that microphone, I need to be fucking laughing. No, it should be way less than 30. Yeah. I mean, that's being You should generous. have a laugh within 10 seconds. Right. Within 10 seconds, there should be a laugh. Sure. The first thing you say into the mic should be fucking funny. Or the way you take the mic out of the stand should be fucking funny. I believe this 100%. Well, look, I, I certainly... We've argued about this before, about like yes. the purpose of comedy. And I certainly don't want to be like this motherfucker the purpose who is, has is this just... esoteric, <clears throat> completely absurd totally personalized definition of comedy that he's trying to force everybody to believe in. So if the battle is between comedy just being funny and this stupid definition, I definitely don't agree with That's all that it ever is. Sure. I guess... uh, So, I mean, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think that... Are you on the side of the Luis Gomez or the people who are saying, hey, look, it's funny if it's funny. It doesn't matter if it's offensive. Do you think comedy has any responsibility to be woke or pc or anything and if so then then aren't you uh, being hypocritical because you're saying if it's funny it's funny no i don't think comedy has responsibilities responsibility to whom exactly i don't don't think i've ever i don't think i've ever argued that um i don't think i've ever been on the side of oh there's certain things that you have to do in stand-up i think i am of the mind that if something that there, there's kind of this edgelord attitude yes, where yes. people go up and they're just like, I say the N-word and you guys don't <laughs> like it because you're triggered. And it's like, no, it's because you didn't make it funny when you sure. said it. Correct. And there's a whole lot of unfunny people who go on stage and just say whatever they want to say, just the fuck to say it. And then they get mad when people don't laugh because they don't understand that you have to be funny. You have to make it funny. You can't, it's not stand up is not a platform to just go on stage and spout your fucking unpopular beliefs that nobody gives a fuck about. Yeah. And this is, this is the (laughs) problem. Shocking. This is the problem (laughs) with the right, the rights part of it, because they don't understand that being edgy is not enough. Like, there's also, you have to still be funny while being edgy. Like, and here's a perfect, this is why Steven Crowder is not funny and Adam Yenser is funny. Because Steven Crowder's politics get in the way of his comedy. And Adam Yenser's politics do not. Yeah. Because he still has the goal, even though he's a right-leaning Christian and I don't agree with him on anything, he still structures a joke correctly correctly that guy's right. a Christian. but the the the, the problem answers? is yeah the problem is <laughs> some people do <laughs> <Of course>. find <laughs> some people do find steven crowder funny right some people i know i know a comedian in la who said that he thinks steven crowder is funny and this guy never gets booked and i'm like well you need to reevaluate well, but all some of people that. think that <laughs> that's steven fine crowder but here's funny. the thing so Ste- how do we here's you know, the thing but steven crowder can't do stand-up in a mixed room he cannot I guarantee if you put Steven Crowder in front of a mixed audience, Mm-mm. he would bomb. He can't do it. Yeah, yeah. Because his politics are in the way of his comedy. Sure. And Adam can. Adam can perform in L.A. I've watched him perform in front of liberal-ass crowds, 
and they go like, fuck, this guy is funny. funny right? God well, I, damn I it. I agree. I agree. And, but the, the question, and I agree with what you're saying about Crowder. The question Same thing with becomes, Dennis Miller. Though, that happened to Dennis Miller. Dennis Miller's politics have gotten in the way of his... Oh, oh he's just... But, but he's the off comes, the rails. The question now. comes... Yes. And I, what, what the implication here is, is what makes people laugh. And the reason why comedy, stand-up comedy, has always... Maybe it's not the purpose, but it has always flirted with what you're not allowed to say, right? That's always been not necessarily... Uh, a mandatory part of it. There are many comedians that don't do this, but historically speaking, many comics are famous for saying inappropriate things, right? Sure. The reason for that, I believe, and it, it's not even disagreeing with your definition, is that the definition, what makes people laugh, oftentimes implicates those things. It implicates sure. the inappropriate things. Well, yeah, I mean, I think Joe Rogan retweeted I don't remember the guy's name, but the guy said stand-up comedy is basically standing in front of people saying horrible things. Right, exactly. And and that's why somebody like Simons, whatever this guy's name is, Steph Simons. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Seth Simons. Is the idea of trying to pin like like clean up comedy is automatically insane. Well, yeah, because I, the entire the, no, I'm not okay, I keep getting stuck in saying the entire point of it is blank. I'm just saying the things that make people laugh inherently <clears throat> oftentimes are the things you're not supposed to say. Yeah, you know? well, see, and I hate to say, I mean, I, I, I don't want to sound like totally pretentious, but I stand-up comedy like is an art form, okay? And what does art right. do? Art is meant to criticize culture. You know, it's a way to yeah. analyze things that are going on around us, you know, to comment right. on. And you have to be able to go over yes. to the edge on there. And that's what's so evil about this is that these are people who are just in the podcasting phase. They're kind of toying around with ideas that maybe go over the edge. And no, they don't always work. Of course, they don't always usually work. Most no. of the time, they don't. But to try and ban people from allowing them to experiment in that way is insane. I mean, I guess, you know, the difference is all that experimentation didn't used to happen. It wasn't recorded. Well, yeah, a lot you know of, what I mean? It wasn't on the record, whereas of, now it is. A lot of record. podcasting is people... Also, can I just say something that I see, I, I see in the scene with comedy? I feel like a lot of comedians who you know, want to like be on soapboxes and, you know, say all these like PC things. Yeah. There are there. <laughs> there's one comic I can't stand who, who has this thing called laughed, laugh oh, Isn't that, f I don't want to say his name cause I really dislike what him. What are his initials? I'll tell you off the air. Uh, cause I really don't like this. Is person. It the one who stretches. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Anyone who stretches before a ten minute set is fucking insane. They yes. need to be institutionalized. <laughs> um what I really see, and I believe this, I think a lot of comics who do that uh are jealous. I think they're jealous of comics who get booked and uh say certain things on stage and you know get away with it or whatever but like they're they're not getting booked and they don't understand it's because well, it's because you're not funny and there's so many com there's too many comedians we know this there's thousands of comedians in los angeles alone and the thing that's like frustrating about it is like this is not for everyone okay like sure. and people just like can't check their ego and be like you know maybe this isn't for me yeah. maybe this isn't for me maybe maybe if i feel so strongly about these 
alleged political beliefs I have. Maybe I really should go be a political activist. But instead, I'm so narcissistic and selfish that I have to go on Facebook and post, you know, those long ass posts where people have to click see more. And then I feel better about myself when I get hundreds of likes. You know, these people are fucking sick. They're fucking sick. And I have a list of them in my head, but I'm not going (laughs) to name them. We should go through and do them all. (laughs) Do a whole episode about it. Yeah. So, I mean, I do... This is definitely... Like, describing this as a civil war is overdramatic. (laughs) So stupid. There is is something... Because even, like, really established comedians have different opinions about this guy. I mean, there's... There's like three camps. There's the right. he's bad camp, which is like the Patton Oswalt, etc. camp. There's okay, the yeah. uh, he's great and it's insane that he was fired, which is like the Tony Hinchcliffe sure. camp. And yeah. then there's the uh, his jokes stink, so I don't know why anybody gives a shit, which is the Anthony Jesselnick camp. I, well, I, I like been, the Anthony Jesselnick camp. talented if he got picked for us now. I mean, that's like the hardest possible thing. So he must have been good in Yeah, I, th- I don't think anybody has sh- shit on his stand-up skills. I think that's... I don't think anybody's saying like, oh, this guy's not good at stand-up. Yeah, so that's not really a fair criticism of Anthony Jesselnick because these aren't even jokes. These are just like random shit he said, you know? Yeah. So that doesn't seem fair. I mean, I think this whole thing is just the 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 woke stuff. It's starting to come to an end. You know, I mean, you see, God, have you seen the billboard? I am a beneficiary of white privilege, Chelsea Handler. That's a billboard. That's oh well, she right has now. a documentary called like it's, Privilege or something. So so awful. Or she's and talking about like her people, white privilege. People like that. It's like that shit's done, man. Like no one fucking buys that anymore. I mean, you're talking about such a tiny, tiny minority of people that like buy into that shit. And it's just like, you know, I, I just think that that no one wants that man. Nobody wants I don't know. It to just be feels lectured. Like, it Nobody feels wants to lecture like, patrol. Um, and like, you know. it, it, like uh, social media just feels like a continual contest of people trying to be like, I'm a good person. Yeah. Listen to me. Virtue. I'm a good person. Virtue signal. <sighs> Fucking annoying. Yeah. I mean, the, the problem with this whole article is that it's just full of the normal weird hand wringing, um, What's well, the separation between the journalistic class, like the people who make the media and the people who consume it? It's just like the widening gyre, you know, which is, I know you hate this example, but it's like the rotten tomatoes. Oh, God. <laughs> Enough with the rotten tomatoes being an indication of anything. <laughs> Tim Pool is a fucking idiot. Oh. I'm just, Tim Pool does not understand. Tim Pool is an He's independent like journalist. journalist who is the ultimate concern troll. Yeah. And he does stuff. What does that mean again? What does concern troll mean? It's it's where you are ostensibly on the side of the people who uh you're talking about, but you're you're raising these concerns that aren't actually relevant or anything. Tim Pool was uh the thing that really got me wound up was he posted the screenshot of the Ad Astra Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And he's like uh, here's the real divide between critics and let's let's actually people. read his his stupid nonsense. Let me find it. I saw Ad Astra. Did you he, see it? Yeah, I did. What do you think? That was horrible. I liked it. So boring. So what? long. Just long, long shots of Brad Pitt. It wasn't face. that long. Just. Okay. Here is here is dumb shithead Tim Pool. <laughs> I hate his hat. Oh, he's hiding he his wearing... bald head. I, I I know I understand that, but there's nothing no shame in being bald, Tim. I <laughs> this is Tim Pool tweeting about Ad Astra again. I haven't seen the movie. I don't even care. Like I'll probably watch it uh, 
when it comes to digital. Ivory Tower elites versus regular people. It's not just about politics. It's also about people lying to keep their jobs, towing the line to fit in with their peers, or pretending art is better than it is. For what it's worth, though, I did like Ad Astra. Or is it Odd Astra? I don't know. Wouldn't give it an 82%, though. And then he posts a screenshot from Rotten Tomatoes where it's like critics consensus, 82% uh, on the tomato meter for critics, 48% from audience score. Now, Tim Pool doesn't seem to understand that 82% is not an indication that the movie received an 82%. It's that 82% of Rotten Tomatoes critics gave it a fresh rating, which is anything from this is a flawed movie but worth seeing to this is the greatest film ever, right? That's fresh versus rotten, which is this movie is flawed, you probably shouldn't see it, to this is abysmal trash. Right. So this is a complete like fake thing. Because it's not actually <laughs> reflecting anything. I understand what he, we've we've already argued about this. There's and, no point in arguing about it. I mean, just the again. just the very basic of it is this: critics are always and have always been more interested in in weird or more artsy cinema absolutely. than but, the absolutely. general public. The general public is fucking idiots. Right. Can I just say that? <laughs> like they're idiots. Well, that's true. But I I've think seen some of the dumbest. Now reviews. it is true though that critics see everything through the lens of identity politics. And if you are no. like Moonlight, oh, if you are on the right side of identity politics, you're going to get a great review. If you're on the wrong side, you're. I thought get Moonlight a sh- was terrible. If you're, if you're on the wrong <laughs> side, you're going to get a. Ter- is this a bad is this a identity politics movie? So. Though? So in this sense, no. you're correct that in in this particular sense, and then he said he liked right. the movie. That's yeah. the dumbest part, and, and, and he's misunderstanding what a two percent is. In this particular sense, you're right because yeah, stupid art movies are always going to maybe well, be reviewed better than the, the common people will like them. Well, but also, a movie like Moonlight but, or the, the garbage movies like that, it's like let's let's be know. clear though. Let's let's be very specific. The people that review movies in this day and age are not making big money doing it. And in most cases, they're almost independent of the publications they write for because there's no money for movie criticism. Well, but it, that's, I think, all the more reason to understand that these people are part of a f- leisure class that has absolutely nothing to I, fucking do I with I would bet people. if you asked any person who reviews movies on the internet, that they're not doing it as a leisure class activity, that they're barely able to get by. I would bet money mm-hmm. that most movie critics are just like people that love movies. And people that love movies are going to like weirder stuff than the average Oh, absolutely. Person. So you're uh, saying that that's not true, that they're judging it all through the lens of identity politics now? I mean, that's Of obvious. course. I'm not... Uh, it depends on the critic, A. Like, there's not a monolith about the, these The overwhelming things. majority of them, though, are... I don't think so. If side. you read most movie criticism, they're not talking identity politics. Well, I think that, I think there's a horde of, like you know, problematic seekers that will sink movies because, oh, they're not woke enough or they'll push movies up because they yeah, are Yeah, but it's the enough. same thing on the right. There's a, there's a horde of people who will uh, game well, but, Rotten Tomatoes because they don't like that sure. the Star Wars The Last Jedi but had I think, an Asian and a black character. I think character the in. establishment media is overwhelmingly dominated by people in the left side of it. I think that might be true, but I think most movie reviewers specifically, less culture writers, Well, it's because there's yeah. a difference. Movie reviewers, if you read a lot of movie reviews, it's not really an identity politics. And culture writers, like people that write about stand-up, 
and have idiotic ideas what? about what something is responsible for doing. They'll do it. I feel like it's the movie reviewers for like Slate and Vice. It's like no, the shittier like, movie reviewers. Those guys are... It's like, yeah, in the, the New Yorker movie reviews, no, they're they're not going to be like, even this if, is problematic. Even if you read Slate and Although such. Although that's not... Eh. Like there's some, good, there's some good movie criticism on Slate. They've, they've had a My a, favorite a movie of, of the past year has been was dragged across concrete and that's like you know problematic i I mean the nice thing is the nice thing is now i can always tell when i want to see a a movie because it's like called problematic and i'm like oh i wanted this i want to see this Uh, my favorite movie criticism site is red letter media I think those guys, and they mainly do well, pop culture stuff. Well, the best reviewers are people like Chris Stuckman, who's like a YouTuber. Like, his movie reviews are fantastic, and he's totally objective. He's like so not one of these fucking woke Well, again, I, I think the woke the woke thing is like a generalization that I don't even see reflected that much. Again, I think it's more culture people who write, who come along and don't actually practice regular movie criticism yeah. and are just like, The Last Jedi is good because it has representation. Yeah. <laughs> then you watch it and it's fucking boring. And it's yeah. like, no, this movie stinks because it's boring, not yeah. because uh, it has a black character and an Asian character. It's just right. a dull film. Speaking and of boring, I think we bored Heather out of the uh, right out of the episode. Heather's a big movie lover. <laughs> I actually am. I go to the movies almost every week. Yeah. I love too. movies. I... Just as a closing note, I just want to say this because I have nowhere else to express it. Mm. You know how I watch TV shows like nine years after they've been yeah. on? <laughs> this is my thing. So I yeah. started watching Downton Abbey, oh. which everybody loved. I've never seen it. It is fucking horrendous. <laughs> so everyone in 2010 and 2011 that was like, Downton Abbey is so good. Love the Dowager <laughs> Counters and everything. Fuck you, retrospectively. <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Just absolute gr- It is a reality TV show like plot because they're like oh this character's really bad and they're gonna do something b- oh no they're not they're, they're actually a good sweet person yes. inside and they do it yeah. over and over yeah. again and this is like supposed to be good anyway sorry down abbey is garbage <laughs> hmm. very disappointed yeah that's my uh 10 year old a lot of a lot of art TV is bad you know and that's yes. fine that's Quite fine bad. it's fine it's not for you it's for some people bodyguard apparently. or netflix though excellent watch bodyguard I'm watching. I'm, you know, my show right now. I'm obsessed with the King of Queens. (laughs) Uh, That's actually a funny show. I actually like Kevin James a lot. Am I wrong? Succession. Yeah, Succession. It's it's too good. It makes me anxious. I'm mad that everybody else likes it now because I feel like I kind of watched it the first season when it was a little under the radar. Hipster effect. I know. episode out of its right, friends. anyway hold on i have to say one more oh, thing if, if you're thinking about doing stand-up comedy please don't because we don't there's too many comedians yeah. and we don't need you it should be a calling All unless right. you've had a horrible life that you uh need to talk, need about. To talk about maybe we do need and certainly <laughs> if you're gonna do stand-up don't move to la today uh, Just worst idea in the world you, you don't need to go here. terrible all right heather where can people find you uh you can find me on twitter and instagram at fixed air heather f-i-x-e-d-a-i-r-h-e-a-t-h-e-r my podcast unruly podcast and uh yeah come see me do stand up in the la area and out of town you know Bye, everybody. Bye. Mm, Bye.